This is episode 84 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Basta with Jump Consulting, and today we're here to talk about you. And by you, I mean your health, your nutrition, and how that affects you in business. Many of you might have been following along and known that I went on my own personal health journey last year, and I saw the crazy effect that it had. So when I had the opportunity to meet Bonnie Royal, I wanted to bring her to you to help energize and invigorate you as well. Bonnie is a lifestyle architect. She has so many specialists that it would take the whole show to tell you. So I'm just going to say this. She's a registered... Oh my gosh. A registered, I'm so excited, Bonnie. You're a registered <laughs> dietitian nutritionist for over 35 years. So this girl knows what she's talking about. She's a certified health and wellness coach, an accredited hormone support coach, and a personal trainer. Her mission is to teach women how they can impact their health destiny through food, focus, and feet. When I met her, she told me that she loves working with women between 45 and 65. And I was like, girl, you are my girl. You need to be on my podcast. So Bonnie, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bella. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you're doing today to help people. Well, about 10 years ago, I decided to leave the hospital environment where I had been working for 25 plus years and decided to go into private practice to work exclusively with women Uh because women's nutritional issues are very unique and they change through their life cycle, which makes them very exciting. And that's because of the different types of hormones that we have. So everything from starting from puberty to childbirth, post-birth, perimenopause, and then menopause, and then, of course, post-menopause, even further on. So those needs are changing, which allows me to have a lot of fun with my clients, because every time they come to me, there's a little bit of tweaking we can do, and we all can do tweaking and benefit from it. So I've been doing this as far as private practice 10 years, and I work virtually out of my home. So that makes it convenient. I have people call me in their car during lunchtime. I've had people call me in their boardrooms. And then the worst is I've had people call me through drive-thru. But yeah, so it really makes it convenient. And my specialty really is working with hormones, not just looking at the food portion of it, but really seeing is what the impact, the hormonal changes a woman is having on her weight, on her energy levels, on her ability to sleep well and even build muscle. Incredible. And it's amazing how much all of this affects us. And we just kind of think, oh, I'm just stressed out. Or we probably attribute it to a lot of things that it's actually not and doesn't give it the real credit that it takes the toll of our life. So tell us, how do our food choices affect our daily performance in our business? Because most of us are pet sitters and dog walkers and running around all day. How can our just simple food choices really affect us? I would say, Bella, the number one thing that I see from people is that they don't understand the importance of fueling their body properly, not only the type of food, the quantity, the quality, the timing, but the importance of realizing that when you don't fuel your body, you don't have energy. And that's a simple fact. And part of that has to do with that lovely hormone called insulin. 
And so what happens is if we are not feeling our body well, we're going to have what we call insulin, a roller coaster. We, we, you know, if we get up in the morning and all we do is grab a little nutrition bar, sure, we're going to have a boost of blood glucose in our body. A little bit's going to go to our brain, a lot to our muscles. So within an hour or two, we're likely going to start to feel that drop, like a roller coaster down, and we're going to be craving something else to eat, right? And that's what happens, especially if you have something like just coffee in the morning, even if you get a latte, it's going to actually affect another hormone cord cortisol, which is actually going to be even a double whammy because not only is it going to make your insulin go on that roller coaster, it helps to deposit fat in your belly. So we don't want cortisol to be pouring out. So number one thing is people do need to, when they wake up in the morning, they've got to eat. You've got to start the engine. So the number one thing is breakfast. So let me ask you, is cortisol also that stress hormone too? Yeah, no, it is. Actually, cortisol is typically called the stress hormone. Okay. So it's not a sex hormone. It's right, like right. So that hormone. makes sense. When I was living in NICU, I'm sorry, I'm going to make this about me for a minute, you guys. <laughs> when I was living in NICU with my daughter for six months and I was surviving off of caffeine and sugar and stress... That's why I gained so much weight because it really did go to my stomach. You're, what you're saying, I can like mm-hmm. visualize because mm-hmm. it happened to me. And I see this all the time with women that are their own business owners because they'll often say to me, but Bonnie, I don't eat much and it doesn't take, it's not that you don't need to eat quantities of food. It's because of the way the body metabolizes that food. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that connection with the hormone, both hormones, cortisol and insulin that causes that weight gain around the waist. We have about six times more cortisol receptors in our abdominal region than anywhere else in our body. And that's why it goes there. It loves that area. Well, isn't that like a sick joke from God then? Because when we're done having babies, it's not tough enough. And then if we get stressed out, it's going to go to our stomach. I mean, I'm sure I'm simplifying it there, but come on. Come on, God. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I often say to people that especially when we hit like 55, nature can be very cruel because at that time we might have a little bit more money, a little bit more time. We want to go out and have a good time, but our body doesn't allow it to happen. (laughs) Seriously. So then I think I know the obvious question, but I think a lot of us own it. And I'm going to make it personal too, because I'm going to be vulnerable here. I used to call this Bonnie riding the wave. I was like, well, I wouldn't make any kind of appointments in the afternoon because I would crash. I would be useless from three to five. The way I described it, Bonnie, is that someone hit my face with a frying pan. And I just felt that like, whoa. (laughs) And I crashed and I just thought, oh, well, my rhythm is I have a lot of energy in the morning and not in the afternoon. And that's how it is. Bonnie, is that how our life is supposed to be? Well, Yes and no. I don't think people should feel like they've been hit with a frying pan or actually have to take a nap in the middle of the day on a regular basis. But we do have a circadian rhythm. We have a circadian clock. And that clock is what wakes us up in the morning. Unfortunately, we have an opposite system that is working against it. And that system in the middle of the afternoon wants us to go to sleep. And so since the circadian clock has been running for so many hours, it's a little bit pooped out itself. So it's kind of working against that other system. So there's a couple ways you can get around that is one, obviously, you've got to avoid what I call the lunchtime letdown. Uh-huh. So what you eat at lunch is going to totally, totally affect how you're going to feel two, three hours out. Next thing you have to do is find out if even if you eat healthy, some people still get that letdown because that's just their bio individuality. And so there's a couple of strategies you can do with that. We know from a lot of research that the sunlight, natural sunlight 
It actually increases your neurotransmitter serotonin. And that's what makes you feel alive and happy and the world is great. So we want to make sure that we, if we have the opportunity, and if you're a dog walker, my God, you can get outside, right? You have that great, that's, that's your work, that's your office space to get out in the sunshine. That's going to help a lot. When we get back to the looking at what you're eating for lunch, you want to make sure that you're eating things that are a combination of fiber containing carbs. And by that, I mean things that are mostly going to be like root vegetables too, things like carrots, beets, because now they're going to give you the benefit of the vegetables. They're going to give you a lot of fiber. And why do we want fiber? It slows down digestion. And when we slow down digestion, we don't get the blood sugar going up and down. That's the important thing. You also need protein. Without enough protein, you won't feel satiated or full. And the last thing you need is just a bit of fat. You don't need to have you know, something deep fat fried or add tablespoons after tablespoon of coconut oil to your meal. Just enough to help to, again, it gives you satiety and it helps to reduce the digestion of food. And Would so avocado be a good like resource that? Yes, it is. Very often for myself, or I'll tell my clients if they're you know, just making a quick salad, and I'll say, just take a half an avocado and slice it up next to your greens, and that's a great way to get a healthy type of fat. And it's going to allow you to feel not hungry two hours later. In fact, the real thing is with food, we're really trying to get us to go anywhere from four plus maybe five hours between our meals. This idea of constantly nibbling through the day, all you're doing is always producing insulin. And guess what insulin's nickname is? Fat storage hormone. That's okay. its job. So we don't want to do that. So we're better off trying to stick with three meals and maybe one or two small snacks through the day. That's what will allow you to have your peak performance to work. I love it. I love it. And a lot of these, like as you're talking about these salads, these hearty things or the the beets or the fiber type stuff, I'm thinking mason jars. I'm thinking throw, yes. put it together in a mason jar, throw it in the car, put it in a little cooler. You can eat it in the car very contained and easily, you know, mm-hmm. and it's there for you. I, I know the biggest thing for me is I have to have it to grab. If I don't have something to grab, I will make the wrong choices. So I love Well, this. now you're talking a little bit about, Bella, about meal planning and meal prepping. Yes. And that's why sometimes people on a Saturday or Sunday, they'll carve an hour out to make their mason jar salads yes. or whatever they're going to be doing. But yes. there are times where you just don't even have, quote, time to do that. Yeah. So there are certain non-perishable snacks that you can always have in your car. Right. Even living in a hot climate like Arizona. We actually are blessed that we have such a plethora of food choices out there because you can go with something as low tech as healthy jerky type of slivers, like we used to call them Slim Jims when I was a kid. And now you have things that are like the paleo bars. Anything like that is good because you're getting a combination of protein, a little bit of fat. They're a little bit shy on carbohydrates, which is not a good thing, especially for women. We're very sensitive. We need a certain amount of carbs to feel good because carbs make serotonin, that neurotransmitter. So it's okay then to have a few 100% whole wheat crackers with that or a piece of fruit, whatever's going to be easy for you. If you have a little cooler in your car, Great to take Greek yogurt. That's almost the perfect food because it's going to have the carbs, the protein, and the fat. Fantastic. I love this. This is so exciting. Speaking of running around in the car, tell me about this good old thing. How much water <laughs> should we drink a day? Well, I'm going to tell you the first thing I'm going to say that will probably pique everyone's interest is that did you know a refreshing glass of water, by that I mean cold, and I'm talking about about two cups, can actually boost your metabolism by 30% and decrease your appetite. 
They've done this research over and over again. They've even done it to the point where they've seen that women that over a year, they were able to lose about five pounds more than their counterparts by having about four cups of cold water a day. Why does this happen? Well, it's cold. And when it goes in our body, we do this thing called thermogenesis, which means it's got to heat it up. That helps to rev the metabolism up. And it's just, it's a small amount. It's not a magic bullet. It's not going to make somebody drop 10 pounds in one week. But as I always say, everything we can do to increase our metabolism, especially the world we live now where a lot of us are dust bound or car bound, we're sitting a lot, we need to implement. Another reason that you really need to have good hydration is we often confuse thirst with hunger. I always tell people, first have the glass of water, then see if you're really hungry. Another reason is this is what causes fatigue. I've experienced it myself. All of a sudden, I realize that at three o'clock, I'm feeling down. And really, what I need more than anything is a good glass of water. Now, I know water gets boring, right? So you can spruce it up where you can take the fruit, anything like even cucumber slices, or you can get it uh, where you can actually get these bottles now where you can put berries in them, and they slowly release their flavor into the water. So there's a lot of things you can do if you're not someone that enjoys plain water. And also, don't disregard things like tea whether it's herbal tea or even real tea. A lot of people don't realize that all these fluids add up and then there's fluid in our food. Every time you have fruit, you're getting fluid. Mm-hmm. Someone one time said to me, well, should I have eight glasses of water a day? Like I heard all these years, there's absolutely no basis for that. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing that says that's the perfect amount, but I'll tell you what is the perfect amount is to see how many times you take your bathroom break. <laughs> if you're not getting that bathroom at least five times a day, research shows that's a problem. You're not getting enough to drink. Another thing you can do is, quote, look at the color of your pee. If it's closer to apple juice versus lemonade, you need to drink more. You're starting to dehydrate. You know, that's funny. And I'm going to go there, you guys. So (laughs) if you think it's gross, you can stop it. But last year, our target was like half our body weight in ounces, right? That was a lot of water, but like I actually felt so much better. And so we had a little joke in our group, Bonnie. It was like, my pee is clear. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I made my goal. <laughs> yeah. And when I've worked with people regarding, I used to do a lot of sports nutrition counseling. And of course, your needs are going to depend on where you live. Obviously, in Arizona, we need a little bit more than someone that lives maybe in Connecticut. Sure. It also depends on your activity level. So I think your equation of your body weight, it's a good one to start. It really is. But for some people, they might need a little bit more or a little bit less. It depends on the other food they're eating. Yeah. So bottom line is I wouldn't say someone needs to get hung up on it, but it is certainly a nice way to boost the metabolism. So that's what's and I like the idea that you said, you know, monitor the color of your urine and also mm-hmm. the amount of times that you're going that you're, right. you know, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, you guys, we are getting down and dirty lifestyle here because <laughs> I know this is definitely not about how to do Facebook live today, but this is, this is important to your life. And Bonnie is a great resource. I'm going to show you more about that at the end here. But Bonnie, we need to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, I want to ask you about Are we walking enough or exercising? Is dog walking count? We'll be back after this. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of Leaders Merchant Services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they have developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. 
working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. So I can personally connect you with my specialist. And I'm here today with Bonnie Royal. She is a lifestyle architect and she is a health, nutrition, and fitness coach all in one. I don't know. I hope I said that right. Bonnie, my question to you is... Is it enough for us just to be walking all these dogs? A lot of us walk a lot of dogs every day, but admittedly, it's not like we're exercising. It's like they're going to the bathroom, they're sniffing, they're refusing to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to us about that, you know? Sure. First off, I think it's wonderful that people have an excuse, and I have to say that very broadly, that term, to go out, because it's so easy when you don't have a pet not to say, oh, I'm not going out. So actually, the professions that your tribe is doing is great, because now they have no excuse not to get out and walk. So that's the one thing I think is great. The problem with dog walking, especially if you have some ones that meander, let's put it that way, yeah, you're never going to really get your heart rate up maybe to the level you need, but don't disregard it, because there's been enough studies to show that the fact that you're getting out there, especially how often do you have to walk a dog? Maybe obviously more than one time a day, especially for your business. You're actually getting out there enough where you add all those minutes up at the end of the day. And there's a good chance that you're meeting the minimum requirement of 30 minutes, five times a week. That is the sports nutrition guideline for that. The thing is, though, if somebody is trying to lose weight, it's a good jump start, but at some point you're going to have to get into brisk walking. And how do I define that? There's two ways. If you know if you're on a treadmill, you're running somewhere between three to four miles per hour, and the machine will tell you. Or if you're walking, you should be somewhere where you're, you, if you were someone's to say, can you tell us on a scale of zero to 10, your perceived exertion, you should be somewhere at least around a six or a seven. You should feel like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I can't talk a whole sentence. I can't be telling you where I went to eat last night and how great the food was. (laughs) Yeah, right. So there's a happy medium there. So I definitely think all that walking, we've actually shown, the research shown that all that walking does reduce heart disease. For women, it's excellent for reducing our risk of osteoporosis because every time we walk, it's a good stress on our bones. Mm -hmm. So don't dismiss it. It's good for reducing depression to be out there for one in the sun. Even if there's no sun, just being outside, we know, reduces depression. But if you're really your goal is weight loss, you're really going to have to amp it up a bit. And don't forget about the fact you have muscles that also need to be used that aren't used to walking like your upper body. So that's where you need to do something in the way of resistance training. Tell me more about resistance training. Like, is that something that you have to go to the gym for? Is that something you can easily do in the kitchen with some soup cans? I I'm glad there's no videos in my house because I am being housebound the way my business. I have to try to squeeze things in all the time. Uh-huh. And so I do a lot of stuff standing at my computer when I'm doing all the research, writing blogs. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll stand on one leg and the other leg is going out to the side and you can put an ankle weight on there to increase the resistance. I have what they call those Swiss balls in my house. And so a lot of times during just in the middle of the day, I'll go sit on those and just kind of jump up and down because you're working your core when you do that. Real small movements. The greatest thing a woman can do is do squats. And I know a lot of people say, oh boy, but my knees hurt. You don't need to go very far down. This is the thing. What you need to do is really tighten the tush. 
Because what you're doing is you're learning to activate these muscles. So these are really, these are things that are just going to kind of warm up the muscles. And then if you do want to have some, all you need is, like you said, if you have soup cans, it's great if you can get some five, 10 pound dumbbells because they're easier to hold for you to be able to do these same routines. But yeah, exactly. But with it just happened to be on my desk. Yeah, but you could, you could just do a. I do that a lot. I have two five pounds and I might just grab them and do, you know, a set of 10, 12. So again, it's a cumulative thing too. It's not something that you need to sit and do for an hour. If you belong to a gym, that's great because you do have more options and it gets you a little bit out of your environment too. That can be really good for some people. So you heard it from Bonnie. You don't have to make an excuse that I can't get to the gym. It's easy (laughs) enough just to do it at home. And girl, these days, I mean, even just with like free YouTube videos, I mean, there's so much stuff out there if you're not sure what to do or how to do it. Right. So will you tell me more about what B3 Nutrition is, your company? Well, the whole idea behind B3 is really to, for me, I have a mission to really explain to women that they are in control of their health destiny, that it's not their genes. We have learned through research that really only the diseases that occur to us is anywhere only due to 10 to 20% of our genes. It's our everyday habits. We have that expression that genes load the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. Ooh, that's good. I think yeah. that's going to be a tweetable. Hold on. Let me make a minute. That was a 20 minute mark. We do tweetables. I, I really like that one. <laughs> yeah. And it's very true because I mean, I've worked with women who have uh, you know parents that have died in their 50s. And that's why they start working with me because they're concerned about that. And they start in their 40s. And so it is possible by your choices. And I don't like to even go past choices and say habits. Because a lot of this really has to be simple habits that we can anchor on to things we do. That's why for me, let's kind of doing full circle here. When I'm brushing my teeth, often I will do my squats. Mm-hmm. I got to brush my teeth anyways, right? I love that. That's a great <laughs> habit to do. Right? So I will stand there in that mirror and I'm doing those 10 or 20 squats while my toothbrush is going, right? <laughs> and so I'm anchored that habit onto a habit I know that's really, really, really sticky for me of brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the morning. I, when I work with women, I'll say to then when you first get up in the morning, the first thing you should do is have a glass of water. Mm-hmm. I don't care if there's lemonade or not. If you like lemon, that's great. But get that water in you because over that eight, maybe even 10 hours, you're dehydrated when you wake up in the morning. And that's going to help get things get going. And so once you get that habit going, then you're going to stick on something else to the water. So it's a building up of habits, a layering. So that's really what I'm about. When I work with women, I'm really not only looking at their nutrition profile. By that, I mean, you know, their history, their medical history, their, what they eat, their medications, all that good stuff. I'm also looking at really what makes them make the decisions they make or more importantly, what stops them. Yeah. What are the obstacles that are stopping them from moving forward to doing the things they say they want to do, but they just can't seem to do it. And so we'll spend time really figuring out and strategizing how they can get to that spot. And then at the end of the whole process, a lot of women will realize that they're much stronger than they ever thought. And I don't mean physically even. They've got a renewed confidence because I've always found that when you take care of yourself, you make time for that self-care, that confidence trickles down to your business. That's exactly why Mm -hmm. I want you on the show. And can you give me an example of some lady who you might have helped? Because like I said, I've experienced this myself. I don't believe that your business can't survive with you not being healthy or feeling good about yourself, but I feel like your business can explode when you're actually taking care of yourself. So do you have someone you've worked with that you could tell us a quick story in the final minutes that we have left of a story someone could, you know, maybe be inspired or take with them? 
Actually, I have a gal I've been working with now since October, and she's 52, uh-huh. and she came quite overweight, but also with prediabetes. Oh. And her doctor had put her on metformin, which is the medication for that. And she had hired a personal trainer, and she hired me. And because of the fact she really started with the personal trainer before me, she actually had two times where she crashed and actually fell flat out in the gym. Oh. Her blood sugar went too low. Oh. Yeah. And so obviously that's the number one thing we worked on was her learning how to read her body and to know how to fuel her body properly. Yeah. So we first did a lot of really getting a good platform, really building that house, that blueprint for her. And I'm a really big believer in bioindividuality. So I looked at her lab values and she had some really scary lab values. She had a very high indicator for inflammation through her whole body. I mean, really high. So we knew we had to have specific foods like omega-3 fatty acids foods or taking them in a supplement, a lot more greens, had to get rid of the coffee to reduce her cortisol. So we worked on that. And it's been a long process because I have to be honest, this has been really hard for her because she is a full-time director of lots of lots of people, like 100 people. So she's got a lot on her shoulders. Plus, she's writing her dissertation, her PhD. So it's almost the equivalent of us entrepreneurs. She's a high achiever. And so what we've been doing slowly is working at these things, the low-hanging fruit first, the simple stuff. So now she has, she just told me this morning, Bonnie, every day since I've been working with you, since we started, I've been having that shake you told me to have. Well, I got the flu last week and I couldn't have it. I could not believe how horrible I felt. It wasn't because of the flu. She's just, it was because I could feel my whole body was craving the greens, the protein, the fiber. She especially noticed the loss of fiber. She wasn't making those bathroom visits as well as she'd like to. So really we're at a point now she's lost the weight, the inches off the waist. And most important, like she said, to me today too she realizes now it's not selfish self-care is not about being she says selfish is we know when we see selfish we know it what we're talking about is especially as females to understand it's important that we've got to nurture ourselves first before we can give to others that cup Amen, has to sister. Be and it's hard because it comes natural we all want to nurture and help each other but there comes a point where we have to carve out just a little time for ourselves it doesn't have to be big if you can do it that's great yeah so really for her she's actually worked on her dissertation more because i touch every point because guess what if she's stressed out on her dissertation she's not going to eat healthy Right, right. So we worked a whole session on how can you get that draft of that dissertation to your professor? And she did it. Yeah. And that catapulted her into another level. I saw a change in her. I love that, Bonnie. I love that. I want everyone listening to really feel, again, like you were saying, it's not selfish and it's me first and then everyone else because you can't be there for everyone else. You can't be there for your clients, your family, your parents, your kids, anybody unless you're there for yourself first. So I really hope that this episode has really touched you. I hope that you reach out to Bonnie. Bonnie has a couple of things for us. Bonnie, you want to tell them or you want me to read it or how should we do this? Well, they can visit my website. Be as in boy, number three, nutrition.com. And there you'll see a header for a free consultation. And so it's my eat cleaner, feel great, look awesome consultation. And it's about 30 minutes. And what we'll do, I just had one today. And what we do is I get some information on you to give you an idea of what I would suggest your first or two, one or two steps would be. And then we talk about, you know, how would you do that and go from there. Uh-huh. Also, I have a free report on there that is the five smart strategies for losing weight. And that goes beyond even just food. There's also a little bit of the mindset, all that kind of stuff, because that's the next thing. You've got to have the mindset. 
Just like you do grow your business, you got to have that mindset to have a healthy body. You totally do, Bonnie. It was such a blessing to meet you at a networking event. (laughs) I'm so glad that I went out there. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on the show today. You guys, I want you to go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. If you loved this episode, be sure to write that in the comments and I will pass it on to Bonnie so that she can know she's making an impact on people's lives. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? And always remember to keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.